This is the first broadcast for the Rainmaker podcast. I'm your host, Earl Hall, and I've got a special guest for you. Cody Askins is with us today. Let's talk about it. As I said, we've got Cody Askins in the house with us today. Cody, thank you so much for being here with us. We are just super excited about having you on. I enjoyed my time. We finally got to meet at On the Road with 8% Nation in in Charlotte. And I'm telling you, that event was life-changing for me. You know, so I want to thank you for that and thank you for doing the show. Thank you for being here with me today, my friend. Dude, thank you, brother. Excited to spend some time with you. Appreciate you. It was great to finally meet you as well, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah. You know, at that whole event, um, you know, on the road for 8% Nation, that you had such great speakers um, that were that were on stage just dropping knowledge. But I tell you, those intimate sessions that we had for the super VIPs um, <laughs> was amazing. Cody, how many more of these tour dates do you have? And, and what's the next one coming up? So we've still got six left. We've only done four. The next one is Philly, February the 11th. Okay. If you're in Philly, if you're in PA, you got to make sure you get some tickets. I'm telling you, it is going to be time well spent, well spent. Well, Cody, I'm going to crack into it here. I mean, right now, it seems in our industry, and we're going to get into some of the stuff that I really want to get into about 8% Nation, but I want to ask you some of these questions here as well. But everyone in this industry seems to be hyping up all the stuff going on around telesales right now. It seems like everyone is is really talking about telesales a lot. What's kind of your your perspective on this move from from going in home to actually doing telesales? And obviously, COVID has something to to do with that as well. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Virtual sales has taken off, obviously, um, with COVID. Um, I do think that. I, I personally think that some people are better at virtual sales. Some people are better at field sales. I don't think it's a one size fits all for everyone. I just don't. Um, I do think from a field sales standpoint, it's it's easier for some people to just book an appointment, go to somebody's home, mm-hmm. build a relationship and close a deal, right? However, our industry has taken off that way. So if you can plug into a um, lead system, live transfers, like, like automatic zooms on your calendar, or, you know, if you can make it easier on you by plugging into the right systems to where you can literally walk in to a full calendar, you're sitting there doing virtual sales, um, or you've got some methods to make it easier from a prospecting standpoint. I do think that if I was personally doing sales, I probably wouldn't leave my office me personally. Okay. Right. You know, so, I mean, when you bring folks into into your agency, do you kind of have them fill out both or do you have them start with one uh, uh, as opposed to the other? Or how do you work that? Yeah, so we really leave it open pretty much for the most part. So for, for my dad's agency specifically that I work with or other agencies that I work with, um, they typically have like a lot of agencies will have one model mm-hmm. that works really well to help people get in front of people and make money. A lot of them even specialize or have a niche or one product or whatever, right? Um, like Secure Insurance Group, great at Medicare, great at Medicare seminars, all that, right? Um, when I think about like a Roger Shorts group with like an advanced team partners, like they're, they're really good at uh, final expense mortgage protection, life insurance. And a lot of it is, 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 it's still a mix though with them, some virtual, some field. So I see a lot of people kind of leave it up 
to, um, hey, let's let's push you in a direction based on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then let's help you and steer you in that direction and help you succeed. Awesome. One of the things that I really picked up at, you know, road to 8% nation was the heart that you have. And it's one of those things that I can really see that the Cody that we see on camera is the same Cody that's face to face, even in, in a, in a private setting or whatever. And that was really encouraging, you know, for me to see, um, cause so many times with people online, you just never know what you're going to get, right? You just, no. you just really never know. But the heart that you have behind 8% nation, you're actually doing something with this that has never been done before, actually trying to bring all of the different life insurance. I don't care where they're from, right? It doesn't matter the agency, the IMO, the FMO. Let's just get together and, and let's just build this thing to the moon. I mean, what is it like to kind of be the Apostle Paul for this industry in that way? <laughs> Well, it's funny. I tell people, I tell people like, I feel like I'm an, some, some days I feel like I'm an insurance politician. Mm. And what I mean by that is one group's like, okay, we want to do stuff with you. We want to, we want you to speak at our event. We want you to come to this. And the next group's like, well, but, but you have them at their, your event mm. and we don't get along. So I'm not coming. Right. Um, my, my passion is to unite the industry, collaborate, bring people together, realize we can all learn from one another. And I think there's a lot, of, I think a lot of people can learn from one another. And can help others, but they've got to get out of this old mindset. Like the, the the industry is evolving. The old mindset is, hey, dude, we're we're competitors. We can't talk to one another. If I let my agents get anywhere close to anybody, they're going to recruit mm-hmm. them all. It's like, dude, if you don't have the yeah. right culture, they're going to get recruited anyway. Yeah, you know. How did this start for you, Cody? I mean, th- this is a big undertaking. I mean, I don't think most people know how how big this is and probably for you. And I know you didn't just come up with it. So what was the beginnings of this thing as far as why you wanted to even do this? Yeah, so I was at, um, I always want to do something in the space, right? Like I want to help mm-hmm. others. So so I, I sold for years. I made six figures, loved it. Then December 29th, 2015, I, I, I thought, you know what? what if I put out a YouTube video? What if I put out content? What if I sort of tried to help other agents? What would happen? Well, I did it without knowing what would happen. I did it without, without realizing that six years later, we'd have 60,000 insurance agents just subscribed to the YouTube channel and growing by about 3,200 every month now. Wow. It's really started to take off. Um, I didn't know where it would go, but I knew my heart was in the right place. I just wanted to help some agents. I didn't even try to monetize it at all for the first 13 months of doing stuff at all. Eventually, I thought, well, I'm spending so much time over here I don't truly enjoy selling insurance as much as like helping other people sell insurance. So maybe I can make some businesses or some companies. Maybe I can actually do something special in this space. Maybe I can unite, unite people. Maybe I can spend more time with other people in the industry. Um, and so it has been difficult. It's been an uphill battle the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, I refuse to, to slide back down the hill. We're going to keep trucking and pushing. Um, it's been a huge financial burden, but I've loved every single second of it. Wow. Uh, and you can tell, I mean, you can tell with the energy and, you know, the passion that you bring to this whole thing. You know, the reason that you, you got into insurance, or maybe I should just ask the question. Um, I know how big of an influence your father obviously had on that. And, you know, most people yeah. know your story with that. Did you ever want to do anything other than insurance? You know, what's funny is I actually, I've never been asked that question, but it's a fantastic question. I actually thought as a kid, I was going to be a sports agent. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I was gonna be like a little Jerry Maguire or something, you know, I don't know. But but I, I wanted to be a sports agent. 
um, I was funny. They have that you have that you have that scene in that movie Jeremy Maguire where he's talking to um, Cuba Gooding, and he's he's in the kitchen. He's like, "Show, <laughs> Show me, me the, the money." money. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I just remember that. And and as a kid, I was always a big fan of sports. So here's what I thought: if I, if if it's not insurance, I'm gonna either be a big time sports agent mm-hmm. where I'm working with some of the biggest names in the world. And I do think like certain people when they put their mind to something, it it eventually happens for them because yeah. they just freaking push. You know, um, so I, I really think if I wanted to like get out of it and become a big time sports agent or a huge real estate agent or whatever, I think I could, right? And I'm yeah. only 31 still. Um, exactly. And then the third piece I never mentioned is actually there was a long time ago. Um, I thought I was going to own like a sports website to some degree. Like I even, I even, wow. um, at one point, I even launched like a fantasy football website, you know, and like had a fantasy football show for several years. And like, I've just always enjoyed being around sports, talking sports. I always enjoyed being behind a camera or on a radio show yeah. or in front of a room. Um, and so I've always wanted to do more, but no, nobody's ever asked that question. So that's really <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to be the, be the first yeah. to ask, you know, there's so much, again, I mean, I think I showed you this um, little, uh, the notes that I took from eight percent nation, you know, the top 10 quit list and the things that I'm just going to run through it. It's like trying to please everyone. You got to quit that. Um, stop being afraid to change. Um, stop living in the past. Stop overthinking. Um, stop being afraid to be different. Stop beating yourself up. Stop sacrificing your happiness. Um, thinking you're not good enough, believing you have no purpose and talking about others. I mean, those that top ten quit list is almost like the Ten Commandments of business, right? Um, to kind of, what kind of brought that together for you? Where did that come from? You know what's funny is um, I've got to be honest. So I look for a lot of content. Mm-hmm. I find stuff. I'll tweak it. Sometimes I'll be sitting on an airplane and I'll just think about something. Like I built this thing called Success Cycle that I've only mm-hmm. spoke on a couple times, where I'm giving different steps to success, right? Like student then understudy, then chameleon, then creator, then editor, Mm. then um, uh, strategist, then speaker. And it's like the success cycle of business and life, right? That was totally random on a plane. No freaking (laughs) clue where it came from. But if I'm being honest, the top 10 quit list, I saw it on TikTok. Wow. I saw it on TikTok and I'm like, dude, that I tweaked it a little, but I'm like, that is strong. People need to hear that message. Yeah. And it, it was a powerful message, especially for me um, as Thank well. You. That's why I wrote it down, you know, while I was at the event there. <laughs> I mean, talking about the event, I mean, you've been doing it for a while now. What are some of the maybe two or three things that you just didn't see coming mm. by doing this? Um, getting to in, get, getting invited to speak as much as I'm getting invited to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak over a hundred times this year. Wow. Um, I just got invited to speak at an event in Costa Rica. I just got invited to speak at a, um, event in Nashville. I just got invited to speak to a local, like a regional NAFA event. I just got invited to speak at the NAFA national convention, the biggest NAFA event of the year. And they're only going to have five keynote speakers. And they're talking about having like David Goggins and Ed Milet and some of these big names. And I'm going to be one of the five, which is like super humbling and kind of crazy. No pressure. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't see that. I also didn't see us helping people from around the whole planet. So I just wow. got an email from a guy in, in Botswana last week 
And I, I, don't remember, I don't remember everything it said, but it was just like, man, I, I just want you to know how thankful I am for you and how much your content is really helping me. I didn't imagine we'd start having a global impact either, yeah. right? That's a second big piece. And then third, um, I didn't see that. Yes, it's been uphill battle, but there's also a lot of people that are getting behind the movement. They want to be a part of the movement. They want to bring their teams. My buddy Roger Short was a little skeptical at first. He's like, you know, he brought his executive team, but not his agents at first. Okay. He's like, let me make sure, right? 2019. He's like, let me make sure this isn't, you know, who knows, right? And he went there and, and, and he told his executive team when he left, he said, dude, we could have brought the whole company. We could have brought every agent we had and they would have left better than when we got here. So those are some of the things that you don't expect, but when you push hard enough, you push and you push for long enough and you have your, your hearts in the right place and you truly want to do the right thing and you want to make it about others instead of just about yourself all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, what's funny is I'm always, I'm uncomfortable sometimes because the team wants to make it about me a lot I, and yeah. I typically don't. You know, like it's, it's hard to like, it's an odd thing to talk about, but like the team wants to make it about me a lot where really I'm like, man, I just want to make it about other people. I want to do stuff with others. I want to hang out with Earl Hall. I want to hang out with Arturo Johnson. I want to hang out with Landon. I want to hang out with Roger. I want to hang out with Nate. Like I want to hang out with all these people. Um, and so those are some of the things that you don't really think are going to happen. The brand has grown way faster than I imagined. Um, I've learned more about marketing, branding and events than I ever dreamed I would in a six, six year period. I mean, it's just been probably dude, more been than fun. you wanted to know <laughs> Dude, more than I wanted to know is right too. Yes. Because yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, not that you can't, it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, you can't help everybody perfectly all the time. Right. So, man, well, Cody, I definitely want to thank you for being here with me today, man. This has been powerful for us and our listening audience. Cody Askins is the first person on the Rainmaker podcast. He is the first episode. So, always go down in history but thank you once again cody and i definitely appreciate your time man thanks for being here thank you earl appreciate you sir